0: Welcome to IRL Pod, the most relatable podcast in the entire world. I'm your host, Brady, and each and every episode, we're going to sit down with a guest who I think is living an interesting real life. coming on. Um, So I met you back when I was still steaming up milk for a living (laughs) and you were a landscaper at the time. Um, But as we've been having a chat about, you uh, have your hands in quite a lot of things these days. You're an avid footy coach. Mm -hmm. Um, You run hunting, camping, cooking uh, tours. Uh, You're shooting videos all the time with the most (laughs) delicious looking food I've ever seen. It makes me so so thirsty it's ridiculous like I'm literally drooling watching my phone Um, and you're doing a lot of mentoring and now you're getting involved in
1: politics yeah I know I'm doing doing a hell of a lot of stuff
0: yeah you're really out there is there uh, anything I've left out
1: Um, yeah it's probably a couple of things but we'll probably get into that a little bit later on (laughs)
0: yeah fair enough Um, well. Thank you for coming on. Uh, how? What's the anagram of your business? Because I tried to memorize it for this introduction, I couldn't do it. <laughs> so run, run us a little bit quickly through what you do on the day-to-day.
1: Rightio, um, day-to-day, look, we run a, you know, a feral animal control company. Um, so we've got that. We also run guided hunts. We do harvesting for other commercial companies, plus, you know, I run my own guided hunts. I do our bush cooking tours. We do um, training things for guys who are actually looking at getting into shooting mm-hmm. as well. So we got beginners courses. We, we do quite a fair bit when it comes to like the business side of things. And as you said, yeah, I was in building once upon a time. So I was a, a licensed builder and pool builder and landscaper. Um, but yeah, I, um, I slightly got out of that. I was pretty much over chasing money, insurances and you know, it's just not what I love doing.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't that's, what I loved. That's awesome. That's one of the my favorite things on this podcast. Is everyone I'm having on, is chasing their passion in varying degrees of success, yeah. but they're chasing their passion, and that's what matters. And you actually, everyone I've spoken to has found that things just get better regardless. Thank Doesn't you. they're not necessarily drowning in money, but they're, they're certainly once they give up doing the stuff that they were doing for money and start doing the stuff for happy they seem to be doing much better and you definitely personify that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Difference between you now, getting up early to go build someone's pool versus when I see you now is is very different. The whole, everything seems better. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much not as cranky as I used to be. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, it was always five o'clock in the morning. You're allowed to be cranky at that time.
1: Yeah, okay, fair enough. I'll I'll take that. Definitely, definitely take that. Um, (laughs) So...
0: hunting and cooking um, I, I thought long and hard about putting a bit of a disclaimer on this interview right. um, just because we do live in a culture of lots of people with lots of different eating things and lots of different feelings about this sort of stuff right. I obviously decided not to do that Um, I will say just now, if you do find yourself the sort of person who is a bit sensitive to to these topics and doesn't want to hear about it, listen to one of our other episodes, please. (laughs) Um, But this might not be the one for you. I don't think you've ever done anything I've found as morally, like... I'm very on board with everything you've done and that's great and that's part of why I want to get you on as well as shed some light on the differences between what some people think hunting regularly is versus what it actually is and what, what it is your business does and you do as a, as a person and what you support versus what you condone. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll start there before we actually move into your origin yeah, cool, story. Cool. What's the, how do you
1: see what you do? Okay, um, look, we, we get a little bit of flack from people who don't actually understand what we do and how it's done um, for decades, decades. Um, hunters, shooters um, have had a bad rap, obviously, but that's coming from people who are doing the wrong things. It's like every every industry, every different business or whatever. Like you've always got those rotten eggs. Oh, right? I can put it into that.
0: As a personal trainer.
1: <laughs> yeah. See, but this is what I'm saying. So. You know, unfortunately, you're gonna get that in any sort of category of business or anything that you're doing. I mean, I've, I, I know that from the many different businesses that I've done. So, look, I mean, for me, the way I do things to a lot of other people out there, it's completely different. Um, we do cult for a living, okay, obviously. Uh, that's in big, major stations and out of helicopters and stuff. It's not something that I like doing but it's a necessary evil, unfortunately, okay? Um, The other side of things that we do, I try to keep as sustainable as possible, okay? Everything's humane, everything's headshot. Um, For those people out there who don't like the idea of animals being shot, would you, what question I throw at them is, would you rather a trained professional like myself, who's gonna do an instant kill, all right, we'll go to a gamer sort of thing. they like insta kill, like yeah, yeah. And everything. Um, <laughs> Headshots the fastest, are worth more. The, points. That's yeah. exactly right. Headshots worth more points, and yeah. the faster to kill an animal, the fastest way to kill an animal is a brain shot. Yeah, you do not feel a thing, and it's not even a split second. Like a lot of people say, you know, how long does it does it take for the animal to die or feel or anything? It doesn't take anything.
0: Yeah. And it, that, that doesn't matter to a lot of th- people, yeah. I think. And I would like to think that that does make a difference as well yeah. and not just that the actual, um, the choices of the animals you go out and do, you're not just hunting. In, it's certainly not endangered species no, work. No, you're going after, um, we said this a little bit before hitting record, um, very sustainable sources of, yeah. um,
1: So on that, on that note, like, I mean, look, the biggest controversial thing, you'll probably, you'll probably hear is kangaroos. It's a native species, you know, they shouldn't be culled. Look, Australia's got no natural predators. The dingo, it's not going to go a kangaroo because it's too fast, it bounces, and they're not going to catch it, period.
0: Cars don't take them out.
1: No, <laughs> cars get damaged, I've, period. I've, I've lost some headlights. <laughs> um, so, you know, they don't really have a natural predator to actually keep the numbers down, okay? So when you've got farmers that are developing land, they're propagating, you know, they're doing a bit of clearing and stuff like that. You know, your pasture improving. You're, you're actually allowing more water points for animals to drink from. So those animals are coming onto your properties. It's Yes, it's not the animal's fault, but with population growth, although we've had a drought, the animals are still climbing in numbers so they're somewhat thriving they uh, are thriving they're, they're thriving, thriving more
0: than anything us doing our thing is actually helping their thing it's exactly right to an unhelpful
1: degree <laughs> to, to an unhelpful degree which is you know it gets on the farmers nerves obviously because they're spending a small fortune you know mm. propagating land and you know pasture improvement and everything else that goes with it but at the end of the day we also got Regulations put in place that when you come into farming, that you've got to have a percentage of your land that is there for native animals. And we do all understand that. See, I, I think a lot of the general public might not be aware
0: of that as well. No, and have we, no idea. we definitely can't spend the whole podcast explaining the no. ins and outs of all these things. Um, but you are aware of these things as a hunter.
1: No, as and, a professional shooter. As a professional right? shooter. Yeah, yeah. A, there, and, this is the difference between a hunter and a professional. Yeah, so, so this, this is, is what
0: I would love explained because I think a lot of people wouldn't get that, and yeah. I myself am like more ignorant to that than I would like to be. So yeah, it's part of why I love uh, having you on.
1: So for me, for me, the difference is I'm a bit of both. Okay, I am a professional at the end of the day, um, and I take my business very seriously. But there are times where I just want to be that hunter. That's, that's how I started. I grew up as a kid, mm. you know, going out away on weekends with you know my dad and my mum, who are Europeans, obviously Italian background and we used to do it just for food so it was sustainable right you know so you, I mean? and
0: you were doing it for a reason as that's well that's exactly so,
1: right yeah. so you're culling feral, uh, feral animals down we weren't exactly back in those days actually targeting kangaroo yeah or anything native it was more the european food that we used to yeah, like yeah. rabbits and goats and deer and pig and all that sort of stuff that's a staple right. diet for them yep so i grew up doing it that way so it was more sustainable it was more efficient you know there, there was a reason behind it when you're a hunter um, you know, then I got into the game hunting side of things. So for me, trophy hunting was a massive thing in my early teens um, and then in my, in my early 20s as well. So I hunted everything. There's not really much that I haven't hunted in Australia except for probably buffalo. And, and you know, that's pretty much it. I didn't know we had buffalo in Australia. Is, that a, <laughs> is, that, is um, that a
0: common creature we have running around?
1: Only in the far north. Yeah, Only yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. I mean, we, look, and you say that, we got the biggest population of egyptian and arabic camels in the world
0: i did actually know that one
1: yeah not completely lost yeah. so yeah, we've got, cool. we got populations of over a million wild yeah. camels in australia Jeez. so you imagine uh, a hoof which is bigger than my hand mm. okay pouncing on little shrubs that our little marsupials lizards and everything need in the middle of a desert as a home as a food source and everything else it's a, it's a massive impact on the environment. That's
0: it. And we have quite an interesting ecosystem here in Australia. Like like you said, first of all, the lack of decent predators. Yep. Um, but we, we get jokes from all over the world of having all these animals that want to kill you. And that's not too far from <laughs> true. Like we have, you ja- know, what? we have large things that want to kill you, <laughs> and then we have tiny things that, unfortunately, if you don't shake out your boots,
1: <laughs> they kill you yeah. quicker than the bigger things. We've got a few snakes that
0: melt <laughs> organs. We've got a few spiders that'll paralyze you, so then you can't make it to the hospital. It's, yeah. yeah, we're quite an interesting ecosystem, but with all these introduced things, yeah, um, that balance has been somewhat lost. It it has, and been- that is. In your mind, when you're doing your work,
1: yeah. Look, to me, to me, it's all about the environment nowadays. Once upon a time, I was more. I used to think as a hunter, as a as a sporting shooter, I like to go out there. I want to go chase the biggest deer, and I want to chase the biggest pig, and you know the biggest set of horns on goats that I could possibly find. And it was it was a thrill. It was a rush. You know, it's you're chasing that 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 big animal. Like a, it's man versus animal out there. Yeah. You know, and I and mean, it, you were taught that
0: at some stage, obviously, as that's well. That's exactly you, right. You, you didn't just wake up and we're like oh no. here's what
1: <laughs> no it's not it's not it's, it's something that's instilled into you I mean we all got a primal instinct no matter which way you look at it right absolutely we're, we're carnivores we're vegetarians yes but the way I see it is well, I keep the the omnivores down so you vegetarians can eat you know vegetables <laughs> and everything else so, so yep. it's, it's a win-win in one way <laughs> but um, <laughs> So that's my argument against to, to vegetarians and vegans, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> no offense to anyone. I mean, we've all got our own, y- yes. our own thing. You know I think I mean? most
0: of them have tuned out or they've had a quick <laughs> search of your Instagram at this stage <laughs> and have decided to tune out. It's
1: kind of like, oh, no, this bloke eats meat, so we we'll are getting it.
0: But I do hope way. that people do keep an open mind because, as I say, we are coming from this from a bit of a different point of view. Yeah. You've um, been open and honest enough to share that that was your experience in the early days. Yeah. But yeah. you have progressed from there. Yeah nowadays mature, it's completely grown, whatever you
1: want to yes. call that. Um, Look, so now, nowadays, the, and this is where I was trying to get back down to the difference between a hunter yeah. and a professional is a hunter will go out there and use it as a food source. Like, they're going to go out there and they're going to kill, let's say for argument, uh, a deer, a dead, like a, a nice hind or something to, for the fridge or a, you know, if they're going to shoot a stag for a trophy. Nowadays, everyone's a little bit more, how can I put it, um, they use your brains, if I can put it that way. Oh, they're using their brains nowadays <laughs> because been, there's been so much negative media stuff against shooting. They are using their brains. So they're not just you know shooting a, a, a big, nice, beautiful stag that has been roaming out in the scrub for the last five years and he's got a beautiful set of antlers. Once upon a time, they just take the head, the cape, and leave the rest of the body. They're actually using everything now. Yeah. And, and, I, and I hope it's you know stuff that I'm actually contributing to that scene because we're we're trying to educate people and say, you know, in the middle of a rut, like which is when the males are breeding, like, and and they're fighting and everything, that meat is actually really good. The skin stinks, it's not the actual meat. The meat is actually really, really good quality. It, It all comes down to the way you, um, you process it the way you get that meat ready yeah you know and if I mean? we're
0: talking about deer in particular I've eaten some delicious venison in my oh, life it's so nice it's
1: unbelievable <laughs> yeah. Like, but even like wild goat um, pig um, as much as a lot of people don't like it uh, camel donkey um uh, buffalo.
0: Is it. Sorry, I didn't know that there was controversy with the camel. What's that about? Is it an intelligence thing?
1: No, it's the fact that people just turn and go, it's a camel, it's innocent, why are you shooting it? Oh, but. They don't see the damage that it's actually doing. Yeah, you know, okay. We'll probably discuss this a little bit later on on feral animals and that, but the damage that they're actually doing to local communities in remote areas is is terrible.
0: I was unaware of that with the camels that people had
1: an issue with that. Yeah, like camels can smell water about 16 kilometers away. Yeah. So when- Kind of an issue when you're opening a farm. (laughs) 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 Like when you've got small communities and you've got like air conditioners going and it's 45 to 50 degrees in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Okay, in a remote area and you've got camels that can smell just that little bit of water dripping. Yeah. And you've got a little bit of a green patch growing underneath your window. You can no ruin other your newly developed <laughs> town. <laughs> that's it. Like they're coming in and they're destroying, like they're breaking water tank pipes and, and everything else. And those communities need it to live off. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's...
0: And, it, and somewhat annoyingly, right there, you've got a community that's somewhat remote. Yeah. And you've got this thing that's in the way of them living their life that's also a sustainable food source. Yeah. That could benefit that community quite a lot, yeah, and yeah. then you've got pushback, protesting. You that's do. that's somewhat frustrating, right? Like uh, you're sitting there going, what, the same communities that they're harming could be really be- They could have a symbiotic yeah. relationship here. Obviously, you don't want to over-cull to a degree, depending on the animal and its its level of pest. But there's there's a lot of like easy logic there.
1: Yeah, there is. You would think. Look, there, there was a, a thing last year in South Australia where they were doing a, cam, a camel cull. They were organizing a cull out there. Yeah. Um, and that must be unpleasant as well. Is. Like
0: even as, a, as someone who likes to go shoot, um, not only is that not fun, I imagine, because there's, there's fun to be had here um, if, if you are a person who likes to go out and shoot animals. Oh, I'll um, tell you
1: now, I'll, 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 that's one thing I'll stop you on. Yeah, yeah. That is not true. No? No. So I. When when you've killed as many animals as what I do for a living. Right, yeah. It doesn't go from like from, to fun anymore. It's not. It's no. a job at the end of the day. Yeah. You okay. know what I mean? And that's,
0: yeah. What the recreational
1: meant... guys, yeah, it's fun.
0: Yeah. But those. guys like
1: me that actually go out there and you're killing a huge amount of animals that aren't being used or utilized or anything else, it's a waste. Oh, and it breaks your heart.
0: As a cull, that's what I was getting to. Yeah. Like, Sorry. It's, it's, none no, of that's fine. It's fun as in some ways, but a cull can't be pleasant mm. for anybody involved, really.
1: Um, Sorry, I'm just enjoying the this beer from the Eden Brewery. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just a quick little plug to those no, guys. I, I, love, I love that beer. I yeah, really
1: do. It's great. It's, it's a, awesome. It's a great local hang, but I
0: also love their beer. And they're two streets away, which is rather dangerous for me because I'm supposed <laughs> to be this like health advocate as a, as a trainer. But no, um, So culling can't be fun. And no, it's you, not. You understand that it's got bad media and that one's a little hard to push on. But is as it? you said earlier, there is a necessary evil there, especially because... They are causing damage. They're yeah. a problem. Look, pest is not just a word we throw out there. It has real it's meaning. It's actually
1: got meaning behind it. Like pe- people don't like kangaroos being called a pest, but you look at all the roadside accidents, fatalities, everything. The government comes out with statistics stating that people fall asleep at the wheel and all that sort of stuff. When, like, I'm, I'm driving on the highways for hours of a night time and it's late in the morning, early. There's more kangaroos, goats, pigs. Deers, you know, there's rabbits, wombats, foxes, wild dogs, everything running across the road. If a person is tired and you get something that just comes out of nowhere, you're yeah. going to swerve.
0: Absolutely. And so then
1: that's... nine times out of 10, that person probably didn't fall asleep. They probably just tried to swerve to miss an animal and they've unfortunately had an accident which was fatal. Yeah. So that's... there's a lot of statistics there that aren't being looked at. And that's coming from a bloke that's, and I know a lot of truckers will listen to this and go, mate, you're absolutely spot on. You know, well, people like the grey ghosts that go driving in caravans around Australia. It actually happened. It's something that's there. Yeah, that's, yeah. So, unfortunately, look, I mean, it is a necessary evil. Culling does need to happen. The, the, the issue that we had in South Australia, I've, I've spoke to the government guys over there. I got around about, I think in the first week, I got around about 35 phone calls from people. Oh, are you doing the culling of the, of the camels out there? And I'm like, no, I'm not. We do have a big business, okay? And we are Australia wide, but just because there's a, a cull going on, it doesn't matter where yeah. the guy's doing it, unfortunately. I would have loved to have got the contract Yeah. because, and it's not for the money side of things, it's that I know that our team would have gone there and done it right. right. And it would have been done humanely. That's yeah. the biggest thing, right? Yeah. But what people don't understand is those camels were in really bad condition. The drought had affected them so bad they were going into local communities, they were destroying local communities, areas like Aboriginal townships and everything, like little little towns, that they rely on that water to live off. So when that sort of stuff starts happening, you've got no choice. Government has to intervene, and it has to be something lethal, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Well, what else are you going to do? You can't round up a bunch of camels and relocate. It-
1: it, the cost is huge. That's and what people even, don't understand. Even
0: if it wasn't, what are you going to do? Put them somewhere else, they smell water, and create
1: another issue? Like, pro-
0: look, we We're do- a big country, but we're we not do. that big.
1: We well, can't but just we've got a huge market for it. That's a thing. Yeah. Okay, So we do have an overseas market that will buy this stuff. Yeah. The problem that we got is logistically these animals don't deal with stress too much, especially like when you've been roaming <laughs> in the middle middle <laughs> of the scrub and you don't even see humans for like all of your life. Yeah. To be then mustered up and then thrown oh. on a cattle truck yeah. and driven 27 hours to a port to be shipped overseas, 70% of those animals aren't going to make it because of stress.
0: And once they do the meat, surely isn't going to be... It's terrible. Yeah.
1: These animals are already in really bad condition. So this is the biggest issue that we've got, okay? Socially people have no idea what actually goes out on and out the bush yeah okay so you get all the media groups that hype it up you get all the greens the animal lovers all this sort of stuff that come in make up stories and everything when they don't actually have facts
0: and that's quite frustrating for you i imagine because you are someone who as said earlier cares number one about the environment Mm. including the animals and then to have people push back and say no the environment you're like yeah that's what i'm doing we're trying to fix it. That's, <laughs> that's quite, quite annoying, I imagine. Yeah. And so um, the, other,
1: the other big thing as well is that, you know, the, what we're trying to push for is not to just shoot animals, leave them on the ground. Yeah. Period. Like that's that's the biggest thing because all we're doing is allowing more feral pests to feed off that. So, yeah. you know, your foxes, your your cats, your wild dogs, your pigs as well. Pigs are pigs are omnivores, so they'll eat meat, they'll eat everything. Um, you know, you, you're shooting let's say, you know, between 50 to 300 kangaroos in a night, you're leaving all that food on the ground. Yeah, that's... You're feeding You're feeding the problem that we're trying to get rid of. That's number one. Number two, all that decomposing meat and everything else, you get a rain, it's going to just go straight into your water system that your animals are feeding out of, okay? Which is disgusting. It's pretty bad. It can't be helpful. No, it's not. It's It's actually really, really bad. So for me... As a, as a pro, and this is the difference between a pro and a shooter, a shooter's only going to go out and shoot what they necessarily need. Okay. Unless a farmer specifically said, I'll need you to cull as many as you can, but a farmer in those circumstances will go, but I want you to pick up those bodies and I want you to put them in the pit and then we'll close it all off. So we bury them. Yeah. Okay. Responsible people do that. Um,
0: and that's the unusable meat,
1: which that's going to happen wasted. from time it's to gonna time. It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we've been pushing back from doing all that nowadays, like the culling side of things, only because we've got more stuff in the pipeline, which we'll probably discuss a little bit later on. I'd love to, yeah. Um, so for me, we're pushing back on the culling, but we're also looking at the harvesting side of things, which has actually been working out quite well for us. Yeah. So it's it's just one of those things, unfortunately, that a lot of people have got the wrong interpretation of, Yeah. that has been due to the past, people doing the wrong thing, but nowadays, people are a lot more educated about animal welfare and everything. RSPCA's got handbooks out there. You know, TAFE runs courses, like O10 TAFE runs courses um, for animal harvesting and stuff like that, like out in the bush, gay meat harvesting. We run courses for gay meat harvesting. I know the guys at um, Bella's Gun Shop up in Campbelltown. I do a lot of work with them. They've actually got like firearms training and stuff like that. And you know, just in general, like guys like myself, there are other guys out there, but like I I recommend people who haven't actually gone out and hunted and that to go do one of these courses because you actually see where your meat's coming from. Yeah. And it's, it's organic. It's free range. It's not stuff that you're buying from a butcher shop because people have got this misinterpretation that meat actually grows in a package. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> a, yeah, <laughs> And I get that a lot. Like yeah. We do get a lot on our social media yeah. pages.
0: And look, I, I, I've never been on the, you should go out and be crazy or you should have massive meat no. consumption. One thing I do dislike as just like a human not to go too vego on it by any means is the factory farming model that does get pushed. And we are seeing a bit less of that in the modern world, thank God. But then when businesses like you exist, hopefully we can make those things obsolete. Absolutely. Especially when you're talking about sustainable meats, that one of the cool things I love that you guys have done now, you've got um, your rubs, flavors, and you're doing videos on how to cook these things. So you're not just saying do it, you're showing people how to do it. And To make it taste delicious,
1: well, look, we I don't think I've ever had anyone complain about me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I saw the
0: other, I saw one of your more recent posts, um, with the new and uh, new um stock of rubs. You said that the previous one sold out, yeah, very like, quickly.
1: was it th- three days or something like that? Yeah, within three days, we t- we sold out of oh, I can't tell you how many jars, but kilo wise, we went through around about. 12 kilos of rubber and this is like concentrated stuff so it's not yeah. like the rest of the stuff that's got fillers and sugars and all that sort of stuff is like 100% natural that's cool and it's all good stuff that's really healthy for you so you've got your turmeric in there you've got your paprikas in there you've got you know, your rosemaries, your garlics and onions and all that sort of stuff and it's just really healthy for you yeah. and um, And I love cooking so these things are just awesome Yeah. Here, like, I sit there think- thinking about the food that I cook and I still salivate you know yeah, yeah. it's just one of those things that's but, you know, like it, it was just a shock. Like, we, we did not expect that. And social-wise, social like, we had no idea we had that much of an impact on social media that people followed. It's quite surprising sometimes. I, I've yeah. got a few friends who will
0: do something and then hear, like, oh, my God, this person contacted me based on this. Yeah. I, I actually want to know, if anybody out there, have you seen any of uh, Nat's What I Reckon? No uh, I the, haven't. No. Uh, he's quite funny, dude. He's metalhead drummer guy and he does all these cooks, but he swears and he's he's a real human. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His videos are actually very similar to yours. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but if we could send him a rub and get him to do a recipe, I think he'd be way into it. So if anyone knows, that'd be sweet. But I'd be, I'd be
1: willing to do that definitely. Also, yeah, bring some yeah. in.
0: Yeah, your videos—they—they um, they remind me of his quite a bit. It's quite funny. Look, um, look that little contrast. I but. just
1: love doing the lives because you know what? People just actually see it like full on. It's no, it's not filtered. It's not. It's not edited. It's not cut. People just. They see me. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate. I've got a son that's pretty much as mad as me, I think. But, um, you know, and then my mates. Like, I'm, I'm lucky to have, like, mates of celebrities and, and I'm lucky to have mates that know actually what they're doing other than me. Um, actually, I don't know what I'm doing three quarters of the time, but I just throw things together.
0: I think you're in that lucky, <laughs> well, not lucky, but that, that category of human who's gone, here's what I'm good at, here's what I believe in, and you've you've... Fall into leaving the other stuff to other people who are good at what they are good at, and you've luckily enough collected people to make it work,
1: yeah. Like- I don't know how it happens. But I honestly, <laughs> yeah. obviously don't. It, it's it's just one of those things. Like I
0: think it's like a magnetic. Uh, <laughs> I, I think like so. I like my training and stuff like that. But when people ask me for food stuff, I have other people I refer them to. Yeah. Um, and it's the same as like just as a person doing this. Like I had Jacob on, and then I've messaged my list of people to come on for this show within the first two days of deciding I was going to do it. it was about twenty people long. Yeah. which was phenomenal because that's too much work for me to <laughs> <Like, laughs> But that was awesome and that's just the people who i thought of immediately were interesting and willing to come <laughs> to on the to show actually do it, yeah. um but you do tend to attract people if you're good at what you do and you like your lane you will just attract people and you can hopefully um find a way to make that work yeah, yeah uh, well, which is really cool yeah I've,
1: I've i've had Celebrity chefs, I had no idea that they were actually chefs. People, people that like <laughs>
0: real humans. I'm telling
1: yeah. you honestly, mate. Like, I got invited to, um, and my mate Shannon, uh, Shannon Walker, is a is a butcher, a, a TAFE teacher, and um, he's a guy who got me doing all the accreditations for the game harvesting course for TAFE. Um, I had to do it for myself, and I met this guy, and it was it was it was pretty cool. And he's a guy he introduced me to Mo, Big Mo case the yeah. the celebrity um, barbecue guy. And um, it's a pretty big deal. It, it, I had no idea who the bloke was. <laughs> no, I seriously
0: didn't. So I haven't watched standard TV. So I've, <laughs> I've had these situations come up in my life as well. <laughs> people have gone, oh, you know that person from that show? I'm like, what are you talking about?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and reality shows are such a big thing now. And so many people live and die on them. And
1: I've just, i got no idea. See, I, I'm, I'm not big on that sort of stuff. No. Nah. So I, I don't know it. Like, I've got a mate of mine who, he's a straight and known chef i had no idea that like, we went to the same school together like and yeah and me and him just grew up we were just misfits yeah like i rarely ever attended school he did but he was a troublemaker and he's probably one of the best chefs around at the moment so he turned around um like, we did this this big thing uh with is a deer presentation to a, a company called straight to the source and apparently we had some of australia's best chefs there and here I am, like big beard down to me, you know, down to my chest, and you know, wearing a Nakuba, walking onto this paddock, teaching people about um, deers Flannel and stuff and like that. Boots. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. I had me cowboy boots, jeans, and everything else. And you know, Shannon's there, the butcher from TAFE. He's all dressed up, and I told you, he's he's, he's so white he's almost opaque in the sun. But <laughs> we'd be cousins. Pretty yeah, bloody like. much. <laughs> yeah. But he, like, and here we are, and we're entertaining. And I'm, I'm cooking for all these chefs who I had no idea like what five star and some Michelin chefs and stuff like that which I've only learnt what a Michelin chef is over the last month I've got no <laughs> idea yeah but um you know you're just sitting there and like cooking for these people and they're just looking at you going how the hell does this guy know all this stuff like he's just a bushy and then yeah. they're tasting the food and they're coming up to me patting me on the back going oh, I wish we could do this for our restaurant. Like the flavours that you brought out in this food is like we, we can't replicate it, we can't do this and I mean obviously the way you dish things, we can't do that in our restaurants. So I'm like well, why not mate it's just Tucker mm-hmm. and then just sitting there going do
0: you, do you know the no, restaurants that we presentation own presentation requires that the plate <laughs> the plate be ridiculously sized and the food be nothing in the middle of the plate and you can't do that when you've got a whole leg <laughs> so.
1: mate I just didn't like a drumstick yeah yeah but whole <laughs> rabbit just on a stick there you go just like skewer yeah, done yeah. but um, like these guys are just saying like I don't think you know the restaurants that we own and I'm like no I I've got no idea I don't even know who who you 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 guys are. Yeah, (laughs) and like Shannon's just looking at me as if to go, "How the hell do you actually like get on? How do you know people? Why do people actually like you, Rob?" And I'm just sitting there going, "I don't freaking know, mate. It's just."
0: There's a lot to be said for just being a genuine human, and you definitely tick that box. Yeah. Um, After probably the world's longest intro. I think we, it'd be nice to delve into the origin story here. So this is, this is what we do here on the podcast. Uh, it's interesting real lives. And I've loved what we've chatted about so far. And we were mostly clearing up why I didn't want to put a disclaimer and where your belief systems sit. Hopefully no one turned out as a result. I think most people would be more willing to listen now. Um, so with your origins, we, there's a lot to unpack. Mm. I feel, mm. um, just, just <laughs> at a glance. Um, but let's start with the, the intro to hunting. Where does that start for you, or shooting, or whichever um, line of... I guess how I got started. Um,
1: put. I blame Dad. You blame. I blame Dad, yeah. Blame. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to put that on your old man. I'm going to put it on the old man, the old wog mate. He, um, Dad got us into it like when we were kids. Mm. I think I said it a little bit I Italian blood it. yeah Italian blood like, yep. like south of Italy in Sicily where the shit that didn't fit in a boot <laughs> if I'm allowed to say that um,
0: I think we are swearing I haven't, I haven't had any reports, no reports yet no. well that's
1: not that's really technically that's not really a swear word it's, it's a terminology I guess yeah but anyway we're going to get off that um, so yeah so dad actually got that got us into that like when we were kids and it was more like I said it was more a sustainable thing and it was a food source Europeans love like their game meats, so we didn't know any better. So for us, it's like, yeah, cool. I, I started when I was six. Yeah, you know, six years old, going out bush, and I had my little brother. He was like one or two year old, and then I had two older brothers, and you know, I learnt off them. So and learning off dad how to how to you know skin animals, how to how to process them, do all that sort of stuff. And and me old lady taught us how to how to cook. Like all of us brothers know how to cook. Unfortunately for our um, yeah, exes and everything else, but you know, <laughs> but come on,
0: <laughs> women love it when you cook.
1: What well, do you mate, mean, unfortunately? I can tell you honestly, mate, I get a lot of um on our social media pages, you get a lot of those love hearts and everything going on there, and yeah, you know, and it's kind of like, yeah, I know you just love me cooking, mate, but just back off, you ain't getting none. This is <laughs> just them off with a stick on it. social media because you of your batter, food. That's it, just chase them off, mate, ah. get some of the stock with to keep them off. Um, but yeah, mum, mum taught us how to cook like the, yep. old, the old European way and I guess with the network of friends that I've got obviously my, my cooking skills have just gone next level but you know as a kid you go out in the bush I um I was a bit of a, a menace and used to disappear for a little bit and go out bush. And where'd you grow up? Just from... um, I grew up in Nara, actually, on the in coast. Nowra, yeah, yeah, just
0: for some context there.
1: Yeah, so grew up in Nara. We moved to Sydney when you know, I was in my early teens, I think, or as a kid. Well, I don't remember now. I don't remember that far back. But yes, yeah, so I grew up in Sydney, but literally almost every single weekend, every second weekend, we're out in the bush. Yeah, and I just loved the bush. So growing up in the bush as a kid. A minute mum and dad took me into the city, I was in shock, It's like, I hate this place. Mm-hmm. I, I, I never liked the city, I still don't till today. So everybody who's in the city, I'm really sorry, but I don't like it. Um, it's a very different way to live. Oh, it's, it's too busy. <laughs> I went for conference for politics and uh, like literally three days up in the city, mate, was more than enough for me for a year almost. Can't breathe after a few days. Oh, it's truth, the amount of people up there, I don't know how they do it, honestly, mm. it's a rat race. So yeah, so mum mum taught us how to cook. So growing up, you know, I did I did my builder's license and everything else. So I finished high school. Went the practical route. Yeah, yeah, went the practical side. Dad was a builder and, and everything else. So I thought, you know, one brother's a mechanic um, and all electrician. The other one's a butcher. Oh, you well, all
0: just didn't want to pay
1: for services. No, hell no. That's no. no. to make a family of everything. <laughs> we wanted to keep it in the family, mate. Make yeah, yeah, sure yeah. that if something happens, we've got it there. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't go to a mechanic. No, man. no. Don't, don't go to a sparky. Hey, Tane, just... I need my truck fixed. Yeah, right here, bring it over. I need the house fixed. Yeah, right I'm coming over. Sam, I need meat. Yep, yeah, don't worry about it. We'll chop it up. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it, look, it, it's a great upbringing. We grew up on the farm, so, you know, we, we all help each other out. And still till today, like, we'll help each other out when we see each other, we it's great when you have your space yeah right but love him to death um, and then my younger brother he was a he was a builder as well chippy as well so it was pretty good but you know growing up like you finish school do all that sort of stuff like I got into building but I've always had that bush I've always had the you know that country like my heart belongs to the bush I don't care like a lot of people just sit there and go mate you're a bloody hopeless romantic and I go well I am with the scrub. When it comes to the scrub, I like that's me. That's my life. I that's love great. it. Um, and it's <laughs> you know when you sit there and like you get your mates turn around and go like especially like guys like Mo and Mike Mike and everyone the guys from the states they just sit there and they go mate you're you're a romantic for the bush and I just went whatever that means yep definitely I'm taking it that's good um, doesn't
0: sound like anything bad no nah.
1: so even through all my years of you know building and everything like you know, that contract shooting and, you know, going out and helping farmers. And it wasn't till I was probably in mid 25s that it was actually classified as conservation, what I did.
0: Right, so so before that, you're doing it more for... It
1: was more for the sport, more yep. for the food, you yep. know, and, and I've been eating kangaroo and wild animals ever since I was a, like an early teen.
0: I think that shows, um, given that most tradies I see uh, have a different physique. <laughs> yeah probably (laughs) (laughs) that that, that healthy food that you've had to go to the effort to go seek out yeah (laughs) it creates a bit of a different shape
1: Mm. sorry and just have another sip it's hard not to Mm. smells too bloody good and it tastes good Mm. um so yeah look i mean the shooting side of things for me evolved a lot more as i got older I looked at it more of a, or a like how can I impact the environment? How can I help farmers more? How can I, um, you know, do my part? I guess you know what I mean because I was quite successful in my building industry, um, and it just started getting boring. I need I need something to. And yeah. keep me going, I'll I need excitement, I'll need something that's challenging and everything. But I like that
0: as you thought of that, you thought, yeah, this this boring, I don't like this, this isn't, you didn't just think, how can I self-satisfy? You thought, how can I add value? Pretty much. Yeah, it was like, how can I do more? Yeah. Which is awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, look, for me, for me it was more, look, we had we had a couple of things, like we had a drought probably around about 18 to 20 years ago. Mm. And I've seen a lot of farmers that I know lose their properties it wasn't just a drought. It's it's constantly trying to feed their animals, and there was competition for water and food against feral animals. So we you know, we had problems with feral animals, way back. Oh, pardon me. Way back when. Um, so you know, I, I was younger. I was you know I admitted I was immature. I had no idea about you know how I can change things um, and do stuff. So. Is that. Sorry to interrupt. No, and right. Go on a, a tangent there.
0: I, it's interesting because we do have what I think most people are calling like a very youth obsessed culture, but there's a problem there in that as you said you were immature Probably not. You're probably the maturity of which the age you were. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, and due to the culture and now that everybody has a much louder voice than they've ever had, yeah, a lot
1: of thanks to are more social media, media. And,
0: yeah, yeah, and social media and stuff like that has really made it explode. We are quite judged for the decisions and the choices and actions that we make at a time in our life when we're we're not there yet. Yeah, in, true. A, in, in true. a way. And I'm not saying that it justifies every, every action we took by any means. They're all, they're all stepping stones to where we get to. Um, and it takes a lot of guts still, though, to say, like, I admit I was immature and some of the stuff I did I'm no longer proud of. Um, mm. But I would just say, like, you know, I, I, I wouldn't hold it against you.
1: Look, for me personally, I look, as long
0: as you grew past it, Oh, I, should, yeah. I should you, add you've that thing. Like, if you're the guys I meet in their mid 30s, guys, guys and girls, I guess, uh, who are still acting like their 19 <laughs> year old counterparts, like, I, I don't have time for it.
1: Look, we're, we're all going to have that little you, kid inside us, and you need that little kid no oh, yeah. matter what, right? But if you can look at your past and turn and, and look at your wrongs, I call it the wrongs. Um, a lot of people don't. People say failures, but to me, failure is basically learning. That's all learning is. But that's all it is. Isn't that all learning is? You fall off a bike, you get up, you're not going to do it a second time around because it bloody hurt. Well,
0: when I teach people training, quite often they're upset at themselves, so like, oh, I didn't get that. I'm like, yeah, that's the first time you've done that. That's it. Are you kidding me?
1: It like, all comes it's... down to learning and training and everything. trip else. over,
0: you trip over, you trip over, you walk.
1: That's it. That's once all it is. Once you learn to walk, you start learning to jog. Then once you jog, you run, then you sprint. That's it. And that's then every now is. and again,
0: you trip over again. Then you don't do that for a lot
1: longer. That's, <laughs> but That's. That's exactly right. My problem was, but when I was younger, I went from walking to sprinting yeah so So this is where i say like i i did make a lot of mistakes and i did make you know and and there's a lot of regrets there but what i actually knew when i got into my late 30s which you know uh mid to late 30s you evolve into a complete different person like and and people that know me locally and like around the state like I, i know a lot of people um you know, they they look at you and just go, "Wow, you're a completely different person." You're a bit loose when you were younger. <laughs> I, I'm using the word "bit,", <laughs> it's not a bit but um, there,
0: there was another uh, censored word. Yeah, there
1: was there was a lot of censored words. So um, so yeah, so there was a you know you, you you do you do evolve. You evolve into a different person when you you actually get your priorities straight. And for me, it was more having my kids. That settled me down a hell of a lot. Yeah, and it gave me more more focus, I guess, into what I really wanted to do and the path that I actually wanted to go into.
0: Was, you know, it was was that about setting examples, or was that about they they opened your eyes to the world ahead, or was there just a
1: a responsibility? I think it was more the responsibility sort of thing. Yep, you know, you, you, you're a dad now and. You know, you you're a husband or a partner or whatever hell you are. It doesn't really matter. That's when you when you have kids, it's different. Like you look at it, and I guess your maturity levels just climb a thousandfold. Yeah, because you're sitting there going, "I'm responsible for this little bloke," and you know, I look at my son every day. He's he's sixteen this year, and and I just sit there and I go, "Well, I hope I was a great dad for him." You know, and and that's just something that you as a parent just sit there and go, you know, I, I take pride in it. So, for me, you know, we, we talked about the mentoring. I do, do a lot of mentoring and that for the kids when I do my coaching for footy and that. It's, it's a part of, you know, I did, I did a lot of wrongs. Have, I've experienced probably a lot more than what a lot of people have done, like with what I've done in my life. But it's just something that you can pass down to kids and actually just show them look, I was a badass when I was young. <laughs> look at me today like <laughs> I'm not doing too bad and you know you, you try to set that example for them and I hope I've been a good we example we hope they
0: learn from it and they don't repeat all of yours they make their own and then that moves forward and that's hopefully... exactly
1: right but it's, it's yeah. also teaching kids to me personally it's also about teaching kids to you know you are going to make some wrong choices in your life
0: oh absolutely
1: but it's who you become after that and yep. what you do after that that's going to actually shape your future yep so for me, shaping my future was right. I don't want to be in building. I don't enjoy it anymore. I've I've built everything. I've conquered everything. I've built you know swimming pools on the edges of cliffs. I've you know, built cabanas on the edge of a you know, a plateau, like hanging over a rock and everything else with pools and everything else and doing, you know, million dollar projects. So So
0: you you tried to make it fun and creative, but you do, but it didn't you you lose that challenge. There was no
1: challenge anymore. I need challenge. Like I'm I'm sorta bloke that if I'm challenged I'll do it and I'll I'll drive and I'll thrive and I'll make sure I get to it. You know what I mean? Um, And today's challenge seems to be to leave the world better in your field. That's exactly right. Yeah. So right now what I'm doing is the the way I see it is I'm I'm but I'm helping the environment, which is one of the biggest things for me. People say that's a cop out. All you're doing is killing animals. No, it's not. I'm trying to get rid of pests that don't belong here that were introduced.
0: Honestly, I think in our overly long intro, we, we, we covered got, a hell of we, a lot of it. We, we covered that what you're doing and the way you go about it and the morals you've set down and the, the principles that you're approaching these things from. Is environmentally friendly at the very least. That like that's the smallest, simplest statement we can say about it. Um, Just to really rein things back to the origins. So you're you you've gone to Sydney. You're still doing every second weekend hunting. What moves on from there? You you do high school. Sorry, you finished high school. Finished high school. Became a hunt. uh, Became a builder. Sorry. Became a hunter. Yeah, I think you were already (laughs) hunter for a while. Um, Became a builder. Went on. Tried to do the challenges. Didn't really enjoy it. Then had your kids. Things
1: changed. Yeah so what we're doing now is basically and and for the last just to sum
0: up your life probably
1: summing up up my life I mean that's that's a pretty quick sum up I mean I'm glad we didn't get into I'm sure
0: there's a few drunken nights
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of drunken nights a lot of bad nights too um that's stuff that I don't want to bring up right now. That's fine. I think that'll be later on. Yeah, oh yeah. mate, maybe maybe I'm, another I'm podcast. Guests, of, yeah, I'm up for guests
0: doing more than one as well. Um, and I think there's so much to unpack and enjoy here. Yeah. That if you are willing to come back on after we've we've been through this, then I'll, I'll definitely
1: mate. Do it. I'd love to. I, I really definitely. would. This has been really fun. So
0: I'll definitely do it. But let's let's keep
1: going from there. So so for me, like you have the kids. Yeah, <laughs> have the kids. Did the building, um, you know, got burnt by a few clients and you know, Ooh. in life, yeah, that, that cost us a fair bit. I lost my farm and everything.
0: Oh man, um,
1: I'm sorry about that. No, no, it, it happens. It's a part of life. It is the run of running a business. Isn't it, it is, it's,
0: it is. Um, it does suck. So for me, it was sorry, more- just yep. quickly, just to interrupt. The same partner you're still with, wife-
1: Separated, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. sorry, that's that's nah, that's, that's not a bit
0: more dug deep. No, I was no, just no. wondering,
1: like, so through. Look up up until up until a year ago, like 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 everything's been working perfect. Um, like you know, businesses were, were being great. Like we wound down the building business uh, a few years ago. Yeah. Um, I've been going through government for support yep. for, to get these new businesses up and going. About five years ago, I went through government to get a feral animal control program. Uh, funded by them to help farmers oh, wow. and the environment. Um, yeah, you know, It was worth a substantial amount of money because we didn't want to do something small. We want to help the whole state. You know, like yeah. we, well, I live in New South Wales, I want to help the, the people in New South Wales and then from there we were going to try and grow. But unfortunately, you know, you meet with you know, ministers and you know, all the pollies that turn around and say, yes, we're going to promise you the world, Rob, but at the end of the day all they do is take your data. They just
0: particularly want to be voted in next Pretty next bloody much.
1: Yeah. Um, but look, I mean, as it's, much as that happens, like I got some good feedback from them, Learned from that. They basically said, if you can come up with a different program that the government doesn't have to cough out as much money hmm. then we'll look into it so i A- did ask them if
0: they could use some of that fine money from taking the the signs away from speeding cameras yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that so we were Revit, revenue money i think it's called Reve- yeah, that's revenue that's what the letter you get says yeah, more than five times as much from December 2019 to 2020 when they decided yep. to remove the stickers. So says 2.5 million made over December. Wow. In speeding fines. And yeah, what nice. the only thing that irritates me...
1: I must say I contributed to two of those. Good job. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I find annoying alive. about
0: that is you don't get pulled over and you don't get told to pull your head in. No. You receive a fine in the mail two weeks later. In that two-week period, you may have killed someone. Yeah. Or crash your car. Yeah, yeah. Cause some damage. But who knows? I don't find this just to throw my political two cents in. No, do Removing know, I, signs from cameras. I'll bring
1: that up at is, the next meeting. Yeah. Okay.
0: Removing <laughs> signs from cameras is pretty rubbish. It, that,
1: it, it is that rubbish. That
0: is a money grab move. I'm all for stopping people being idiots. That's, that's
1: a, a, that's that's a that police officer's not, job. Yeah. I'm sorry. This move was not about that at no. all. No. And then, and I think and then there's you've a also got those unfair. cars, you've got the cars on the side of the road now. Once upon a time you had to put, they had to show that they were there and now they don't. I drove past one in Fitzroy Falls the other day and there's just
0: a little sticker on the bottom of it that just says, thanks for not speeding. I'm like, well, I wasn't cause it's like a 50 K zone in a town. And you're a responsible person. I'm a normal human being, yeah. <laughs> um, but mind you, there's like one car on that road every hour. Yeah. But <laughs> I drove past that car and I was like, God damn. Like, yeah that's nothing like no wonder they're copping so many fines
1: but look i mean to me to me it's that's ridiculous yeah it is ridiculous i mean the priorities
0: of our police seem to be
1: it's sporadic yeah it's creating more work that's Mm -hmm. all it is and to them sitting a bloke in a car in a suburb not even holding a radar in his hand and allowing a computer to do it all is a joke it's a waste of taxpayers money do
0: you know why they have to sit in it though Because someone would probably go there and paint their windows. No, it's a fantastic story. It's so much better than that. Go for it. Tell me. uh, So there's a story. You can find the original one probably somewhere. Um, But a a bloke went by and he took the license plate off the car and put it on his own and sped past it (laughs) something like 100 plus times.
1: And switched it.
0: them back. So then they got the printout at the end of the day and, had, and they had like 100 plus fines on themselves. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is awesome. And I don't know if it's still a thing, but it was previously a thing you could privatise those speed cameras or something.
1: Now, like anybody so, who is listening to this and tuning in, don't do what Brady is telling you to do right now. I
0: didn't say to do it. <laughs> I said it's hilarious, but that is now why we pay someone to sit in the
1: vehicle. That is a
0: joke. but I'm sure they just fall asleep anyway. But to that's me it. personally, that's,
1: that's a waste of tax pay money.
0: I agree. And when we have these things out there, like your business, that could be um, utilized to a far greater degree.
1: Mm. Look, we, we've, like I said, we, we've gone to government again. We've asked them for funding. Um, I've sat with John Barilaro, uh, our deputy premier, and with Adam Marshall, our ag minister. They absolutely love the program, what we're actually coming up with now. Um, so we are going to government for more funding for what we're doing. Um, so look, I mean, it's getting back to, you know, why I do this and everything else. I just love the land. I love the people out in the bush. I grew up in Western New South Wales, like literally almost every fortnight as I started to get older and and sometimes once a month because I got busy with work. You know, the Aboriginal communities out there, the people out there, the farmers, when you see what drought's doing out there... You know, and then the decline in native species due to impact and pressure from, from feral animals, it's huge. Yeah. You know, so I guess, you know, three years ago, nearly four years ago, actually, um, I started doing that transition from building to to shooting. So yeah. there was a need. Yep. And I think I've said it earlier on, it, it's a necessary evil, unfortunately. I do get a lot of flack on my social media and emails and everything else, but... You know, I've sat down with Brumby groups, and I've sat down with animal activists and stuff like that and explained exactly what we do, and they come away with a completely different perception.
0: Yeah. Because you're
1: I... not doing it mindlessly and senselessly. No. You're doing it for a cause, and if you're doing it humanely and it's quick and it's painless and you're utilizing the product.
0: And I think that's a big point as well. The utilisation, And then you're teaching people how to utilize it.
1: Look, I've gone into Aboriginal communities that had no idea about it, and they're now eating goat. Hmm. They're now eating wild pig, and they're sitting there going, "Well, if it wasn't for you and your rub, <laughs> obviously, I mean <laughs> that rubs the rubs a winner." Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's just one of those things that if you don't educate some, uh, people on that, then it's 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 a waste of time. So I think that's where our social media side of things, like we're we really started developing our social media, was and doing our lives and doing our videos and everything was more the fact of, of educating people and showing them that, you know what? It's a, it's a sustainable resource. It's a renewable resource that we can literally tap into. Like, yes, you've got your beef, you got your lamb, you got your pork, you got your chicken, okay? This stuff here doesn't need to be bred. Yeah. It There's... doesn't need to be farmed. It's There's... wild and it's organic and free range. And it is causing a problem as well. It's a huge issue to farmers. The environment, biosecurity, yeah. disease, okay? My guys are all trained. All our harvesters and harvesters around Australia are all trained because it did um, do it for macro and, and all those sort of guys. Like the kangaroo that you're eating at, from Coles and Woolies, Paroo Meats, who's macro meats. Um, that's all supplied by guys like me. Yeah, cool. So, we, just to, yep, so we're going to have a plug section for you later regardless. Yeah, cool,
0: cool. But I do want you to, just now, because sometimes people tune out when you run plugs. Um, I'd yep. like you to tell us where we can obtain all of your things. Just like the, so the meat, the rubs, just real quick. And then we'll, oh, keep, okay. we'll, we'll um, keep going with this. Because yeah, yeah. I think it's just come up quite quite organically here. And I'd just like you to tell us, um, as you are saying, you can get them from Coles and Woolies. Yeah. But obviously you source... You,
1: well, look, I mean, our rubs, our rubs you can get on, on our social media pages, like we've got our that AF... will be tagged in the show notes. Yeah. So, so we got our Australian Feral Animal Control and Management Service page on...
0: <laughs> for the record, that's the, the record. one I couldn't remember. That's, yeah. That's
1: what, that's what you, <laughs> that acronym gets everybody. Yeah. So, um, so AFACMS. So we've got our social media pages. That people literally just link on to. We regularly, you know, promote the products and stuff of like that on there, um, alongside with all the cooking stuff that we do and you know, when I get a chance to get out in the bush nowadays, which hasn't been enough, which I'm not really happy about, but when you transfer
0: to management. <laughs>
1: saddest part is I'm still management and I'm still out in the bush because I just love being hands-on. It's not sad. No. Nah, it, it, if you can still
0: manage to do the on-the-tools stuff when you have to run the show, that's a good day.
1: It is, it is. And, look, I have a lot of good days. That's great. I absolutely love being out there. And, I mean, that next stage of, of the business evolution and, you know, even just me evolving as a person. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm teaching people nowadays, which yeah. is great. Like, I love that, that teaching side of things. So, you know, the, the, that next venture in our in our company's our aspect and, and, and outlook is just gonna be like next level. So. That's you know,
0: awesome. We, we will cover that later.
1: Yeah. I think yeah. we've
0: pretty well covered your origins. Yeah, pretty much. I think there's a lot to delve into deeply and <laughs> yeah. I think we'll do that in another part. Um, the, some of the mistakes, if you're willing to open them. Um, <laughs> some of the, the things that turned you around
1: and we all may that to, stuff. We may have to censor those.
0: That we will censor bits of them. As long as they're not hour-long bleeped episodes, I think Apple might have an issue with that. <laughs> um, outside of that, the the mountains section of this podcast is the things that got in the way. Mm. Um, outside of our standing in our own way, because that's usually most of our biggest problem, what, has, what stands in your way today? Obviously, there's politic things. Do you want to get into detail about those, or is there something else that's um. definitely challenged you Look, from obs- doing what you want to do?
1: Yeah, the obstacles the obstacles in the business. This um, finance is a is is a huge chunk. Yeah. Um, you know, with the drought and everything that came through, and then COVID COVID hit like that. That really impacted us a hell of a lot. Which last is good year.
0: to hear. Not good to hear. Sorry, I am very sorry for that problem. No, no, no. it's 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 good to know because I think a lot of people would have assumed that your business was unaffected
1: because, oh,
0: you're not close to people, but you're like, no, but there are other things.
1: Well, see, with, with drought, like, farmers weren't spending yeah. So, you know, for, for us... They're the first a, to tighten their belts. Yeah, straight yeah. up. Like, you know, you've, you've got drought. They're, they're not sowing. They can't produce. Like, even with cattle and everything, it was it was just one of those things where farmers just sat there and went, well, mate, we, we really can't afford to, to get you out here, Rob, you and your crew. Like, you know, we don't have the funding for it. And it's like, totally understand. So you've got to diversify. So, you know, we're sitting there scratching our heads. I've got my ops manager in there. I've got a couple of my supervisors. And I'm like, guys, what can we do? And they're just sitting there going, well, Rob, you normally just take out guys like Big Mo and Shannon and the guys from Black Bear Barbecue and all that sort of stuff, you know, on these camping trips. Why don't we set something up and just start taking people out there? And I'm like, yeah, but would people people pay for that sort of stuff? Like, would people go for it? Like, I had no idea at the time. Right. Cause it was like I just took mates out and you know I'd cook for them because it's just me. Like I, I love cooking. Like I'm out in the bush. That's my element. And you know you're sitting there and and you're thinking about it and we're brainstorming and it's like, let's run some guided hunts. And I'm like what? And they're like yeah, guided hunts, man. Like they're going to learn from you. You're like one of the best best bushmen that we know. And um, and I'm like oh, you know what I I don't know guys so James goes why don't you leave it to me and I'll I'll see what we can do so we'll we'll do like so James started up the pages like I didn't even get involved in that yeah for the for the guided hunting and bush cooking and um but you're the technical skills you're being utilised I'm the bush like I'm out in the field I love the field so he's my techie and my my ops manager and he's just sitting there going you just leave that to me and let's see what we can get done and I think within and this was pre-COVID uh, we had something like 70 bookings to go out bush. So guided hunting, nice. camping, cooking tours, um, beginners courses, all of that stuff. The minute COVID hit, absolutely stuffed us. Wow. Yeah. So you're talking about, you know.
0: Wow. So I got smashed hard, as you can imagine coming with in. With your the, PT stuff, yeah. Yeah. Because my, um, my whole business was just closed. Yeah. Um. But that's crazy to not be forced to close, but to have it just drop.
1: Well, you, it's. I, I, I couldn't get my head around it because from going from, you know, 70 bookings, which, you know, was a substantial amount of money, especially when you're doing guided hunts and, and stuff like that. And, you know, when you got groups of 10 people coming out into the bush and, and then basically going, you know, here we go, Rob. You know, there's ten people coming out and you know, you're gonna be teaching teaching how to process meat and how to cook everything and you know, we're just gonna have a big I'll put it in the nicest possible way, big piss up out in the bush, everyone brings their own grog. That's my favorite way. That's yeah. the best way to do it. Yeah. It's, it's just fun. Um, you know, you just sit there and and go, right, okay, fair enough. So a group of ten people at an average of four, you know, four four hundred and fifty bucks each, you're sitting there going, Sure, if that's four and a half grand on a weekend, man. Yeah, I pay the wages for the boys, pay everything, and it's still making money to keep the company afloat. And you can support the thing you do, which is support our environment
0: by support doing the what environment, you love.
1: And the best part about it was, is we were giving the farmers a return. And then COVID. during the drought, yeah. So <laughs> you know, farmers, we we promised the farmers thirty percent of what we were making.
0: That's important knowledge, and it like is. You, you buried the lead <laughs> in you,
1: that story. You do like for me <laughs> personally, it, it, it's. It's not what I'm making out of this. So just to it's how run me through this help. in case
0: I've missed something. Right. You're doing pest control. Yep. So you're helping the farmers out in the first place, yep. as well as their animals, their, their whole setup. Yep. yep. Then you're taking other people out there to teach them how to do the thing properly. Mm. So you're educating people on how to do this. Um, and then you're using the meat, so you're utilizing that. And it's a sustainable meat. <laughs>
1: yep. So you're
0: doing that. So like along the line here, you've just added so much value to the world <laughs> 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 and, and then what happens like COVID hits and, and hits was just... did you get sick of reading the emails did you read them all was it like sorry I can't travel was it this or that or what actually I, we haven't actually brought up COVID in this podcast yet I've been no. um, and it's a source object a lot of people don't like hearing about it but I think it is valid here because as I just laid out there everything you're doing it's just such a positive experience f- for everyone <laughs> yeah and then you get smashed
1: yeah it was um it wasn't good i can tell you i can tell you honestly mate um i'm i'm pretty open on am a very open book and just COVID, a- covid literally like it, it it screwed us pretty bad mate i spent
0: two weeks on the couch drinking well, I, I'm a health advocate <laughs> <laughs> like, and I didn't I didn't lose that much money Yeah, <laughs> the amount you got smashed with and it's not just about the money for you obviously no that it's
1: hurts. It's, it's pretty harsh um, you know when, when you when you come up with a program you make deals with farmers to go on their properties you know farmers farmers are making good you know at the time they weren't making too much because they were putting down stock. They were selling for nothing. And <sighs> you know, that little bit of money that they were making out of that was good money for them. You know what I mean? And then when COVID hit, it's like, well, all businesses have to cease operations, more than two people and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh shit, what the hell am I going to do now?
0: Yeah. Right. You know,
1: we, we, We've, we've come up with a different thing to keep the company afloat during COVID, uh, sorry, during the drought, COVID hits and you're like, shit. Yeah, what, what do I do now? We just we we've just come up with a band aid, yeah, to try and fix something, and, and now, now it's like now you need a full leg wrap. We're yeah. stuffed. So
0: what do you do?
1: I'm in a chokehold. What what am I going to do? I don't, yeah. I don't know. Like you so, know, what? we stuck it out. I, I I started getting back into building. Um, unfortunately, I laid off that most of my shooters.
0: Must have hit the pride like a freight train.
1: Considering and I. I I didn't want to get into building anymore, mate. I, yeah, I really I, didn't. It, I had no choice. Yeah. I, you know, I've got a family. I've got, I've got to Absolutely. keep the family going and, um, you know, kids in private school and stuff like that. That's my choice, obviously, people say. Um, yeah, you know, I want to give my kids the best education. I, I, my parents couldn't afford that when I was a kid, but I want my kids to make something of themselves, so private education it is. Um, but what do you do? Like, you go back into doing stuff that you know you're good at. You can do it. Um, I had a great name, still still got a good name with my building industry and everything. Picked up work and slowly as COVID started easing off their restrictions, you know, we started getting back into contact with these guys. So,
0: And how'd that roll out? Did they run back or yeah, it's, crawl it's back?
1: Not, it, it, it was more slower than a crawl. It, yeah. was, uh, <laughs> it was kind of tippy-toeing in there for a bit. Yeah. Um, You know, and then and then it picked up, and then again you have another outbreak, so you got to back off it again. So, look, it's been really hard. Yeah, it has been hard. Business-wise, we almost got crippled. Yeah. Okay, Um, going out there and you know you, you can't go out in the bush and farmers don't want you there with groups of people because their families is imperative and i mean they put their families number one absolutely and I, I wouldn't i wouldn't expect them to say yes rob come out open arm bring as many people as you want just so you can make money and we make money and then
0: you've got well i mean you're in an industry that probably has a weird category but you obviously have some rules you have to follow with the guests
1: oh, we've got a huge so you've,
0: and you've got you're probably i imagine you're providing the guns
1: no, so, no. Yeah. Um, they, everybody who comes out doing their guided like guided hunting, for argument's yeah, yeah. sake, we we tell them you have to sign up with Sport Shoes Association. Yep. You get your own insurances. Yep. But we do have our insurance. Their insurance bill is huge.
0: Yeah, yeah, I imagine. You
1: know,
0: um, I can only imagine what uh, that looks like,
1: mate. When you when you've got groups of ten to fifteen guys coming out doing like your bush cooking tours and like just camping out under the stars every single night. And it sounds romantic and everything. It is like it, it's gorgeous.
0: Yeah, until you try and insure them.
1: Yeah, until you try get insurance. Like people sit there going, "Oh, but you know, you're charging eight hundred and fifty bucks for the weekend, like for two days to go out in the bush," and I'm like. Mate, you're getting I paid fed. like a decent amount
0: for an Airbnb overnight. They should shut up. Yeah, like, um, That and sounds like a great you're, time you're talking for that about, money.
1: Yeah, two days out in the bush, you know, you go trekking, you go learn how to scout, you learn how to, you know, we, we do the shooting, we do everything. Like our guests come out to do the camp cooking tours and stuff. But you learn how to butcher, mate. You learn how to cook. Like, I actually run full cooking classes doing this stuff.
0: Yeah, right.
1: And That's you know, something a lot of us could benefit from. Oh,
0: Clearly. It, I think if COVID showed anybody anything is that there is a ridiculous amount of humans who can't cook. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as restaurants went closed, people went, how do you do easy, man <laughs> like,
1: Pre-cooked McCain's
0: meals are not the same. <laughs> you you cannot sustain yourself. <laughs> like, you might have enough to do your puzzle, but that's it. Like, yeah, that's pretty
1: much it. But, you yeah, you Know when you start running that stuff and you start looking at you know you're running costs of how much it costs you to actually feed people. And you know, I, I always give my farmers, yep. I always put my farmers first, I always give them something. I'm utilizing their land, you know, they give me water, they give me electricity, they give me a whole lot of what I need. Yep. You know, my, my farmers are my mate, basically, my mates. So, you know, I give them something out of it, I make a little bit out of it, which is great. My boys get paid, that's they how, all get looked that's after. That's how
0: business works. Business works. For the record. That's right. <laughs> a lot of people get really up, oh, he's making money. Don't be ridiculous. It's not that's about how the money. It works. No. You've got to keep a roof over your own head so you can keep
1: this going. That's yeah. exactly right. But it's not about money at the end of the day. I don't no. do this for the money. I do this because I love it. And that's- There's a the, the difference.
0: The evidence there is that you didn't have an unsuccessful building business. No. You were doing great.
1: Well, you know, you yeah, seen <laughs> yeah, yeah. how busy we were, but
0: you've decided to follow your passion instead, which is more evidence that it's not about the money. And I, I, I come into this sort of blowback with yeah. some stuff in my business, and I don't want to talk about that because it's about you. But people say, oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Um, to put a contextual example, people say, why don't you sell supplements? Cause they always ask me a lot about them. Mm. So, because then I can't give you honest advice on them.
1: That's exactly right. Because so you're there for a sale.
0: If you're doing it for the love of it, it mm. is harder to make money out of it. <laughs> you, you, but you live a better life. It's true. From what I've noticed. Yeah. From everyone I've, I've spoken to through this throughout my life. If you do it for, if you do the things you love, you will just be happier. Um, regardless of the matter of what you do. a solid example there. You say you made wrongs and you did this and you did that, but you left building and you had to go back because you've got a family and that's a different sort of thing, but you're doing what you love and you're adding value to the world and people.
1: That's exactly right.
0: So what else stood in the way outside of COVID?
1: Outside COVID, um, I think it's a perception of people. Like yep. of what you do.
0: Which is why I was so happy to do that long intro where we just yeah, discuss just the differences between uh, what sometimes people think this is versus what you're actually doing.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's that's probably the hardest part. Like yep. the perception of people. Like on. So that's, I mean, that's your Everest. That's the thing right That's away. the biggest peak that you're ever going to climb is yeah. the perception, people's perception of everything that you do in life. Um, and that's something that I've learned over the years that I don't care what people think. I really don't. It's very
0: freeing once you're on that point. It is.
1: It is. When when you sit there and turn around and go, you know what? This is my life. This is what I want to do. I don't care what you think about what I'm doing. So long as I love what I'm doing and I know that I'm passionate about doing it and I'm doing it in the right ethical way, then screw you. I don't care anymore. So you're my senior. So you have this experience beyond me.
0: Do you find annoyingly, as much as you could do stupid stuff in your late 20s, <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, late teens, early 20s sort of situation to mid-20s to maybe a little longer, was your mindset a bit more back then, you don't care what people think? Because I've found that in myself, like I'm, I'm happy with who I am more maturely now, but I'm annoyed that for a few years there, I let what other people think of me affect the things I would do. So now I'm trying to chase that late teens, I don't give a fuck, what do you think of me yeah. mentality <laughs> with my new maturity? I'm trying to blend those two things. <laughs> As my senior, I think you've probably nailed down that. To,
1: to answer that, I would say if I could go back in the past, I would kick myself in the ass mm. for the bad stuff that I did.
0: I had a red and black stripe <laughs> hair. So <laughs> I,
1: uh, um,
0: I'm in that camp too.
1: So yeah, so I would, I would say... Yeah, definitely. I, I'd, I'd kick myself in the ass, honestly. Um, but I would probably turn around and say, keep that mentality of yeah, screw what people cool. think about uh, what you're doing.
0: Happy to find that middle ground, and find yeah. that somebody else first as well. Because
1: honestly, at the end of the day, you've got to look after yourself. And this is coming from personal experience. Like I'm a 45 year old bloke. I've probably done a lot more than like 50, 60 year old people have done in their lives. Let alone some people have done the whole life. Um, and the adventures that I've had along the way have been like, pretty epic. Um, I've had like real big highs. I've had huge lows. Um, I've made some changes to my life recently that have impacted me and the family pretty bad. When I say bad, probably in a, it's negative in a way, but probably more positive in a better way. Um, but I probably wouldn't be where I am today and with the knowledge that I have, if I didn't experience all that. And I think life all comes down to experience. And you need to experience, you need to make those mistakes, those little failures. It, it, it just helps you grow as a person, it really does. And business-wise, your business never goes forward if you don't make mistakes.
0: Oh God, no, your business is such a reflection of you. Isn't it just annoying at times?
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love about it, but is that the minute I don't wear the Akubra and nobody recognises me, it's fantastic. <laughs> all right, that's, that's fantastic, I love that. I, I have run into people down the store when I've been in like
0: jeans and a t-shirt and they're like, oh, you don't wear track pants all the time. No, I do not live in fitness gear. No, this is and, not my life. and yeah. people,
1: people have struggled. They've always turned around to me and said, do you ever wear suits? I said, I wore two suits in my life. Actually, three suits, sorry, my apology. The day I got married, a funeral. I'm imagining. No, nah, not really. No, nah, no, that's no, it. no. I celebrate funerals because fancy you know I, I celebrate that person's life. So, so fancy jeans, dressy, right yeah, 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 dressy. Um, the day my kids, I'm not a religious person, but the day my kids were like did their, their sacraments and stuff. Yep. And um, for a mate's fiftieth birthday, that was it. He wore a tuxedo and he told me I'm not allowed to rock up, so I said I'm not rocking up.
0: So Like a 007 yeah, thing. Pretty much. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Um, So all the pictures that they got of me was me flipping the bird at everyone during the cameraman coming through. So yeah, I wasn't really going to stand for it.
0: (laughs) Very Australian. I love
1: it. So yeah, but look, look, life's going to throw huge hurdles. Yeah. Life's going to throw you the worst it possibly can at you. It's the person that you are that is going to make a difference. Like you've got a choice of either I'm gonna sit there, I'm gonna sit in the corner, I'm gonna whinge about how bad my life is and how stuffed up it is. And I, I don't wanna get out of this because I just wanna sit in that little pit of sorrow. Hmm. But then when you've been through what I've been through, I've lost my house, I've lost everything. You know, I'm, um, I i don't ever let anything stop me, I don't care. Like it's there amazing
0: is... how resilient you can be when you know where the bottom is.
1: It, it's either fight or flight. Yeah. That's all it is. It's fight or flight, and for me, I'd rather fight. Yeah. Stuff that you got. You got to have that hunger in your belly. You got to have that fire in your. It's only so far. You can run
0: anyway, so don't bother.
1: It's only going to catch up with you eventually.
0: Yeah. No, Turn that's... around and
1: bite it on the ass. <laughs> that's it. Grab the bull by the horns like I did doing rodeo and just do it. Who cares?
0: That's awesome, man. Um, I feel like there are probably some more mountains in your way.
1: Yeah. However. There is.
0: <laughs> there's definitely some political boxes to be un, un, un uh, to be opened there, unwrapped. Um,
1: and that's another section of my life, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And we can definitely get into that. Um, but I just want to chuck in a couple of plugs real quick um, because I, I really want to plug yours hard towards the end of this. So I'm going to get through these um, first. There's an Instagram I want anyone listening to follow that's called That's Good Schmidt. He's uh, a lovely friend of mine. His name's Ned. He's he's a very funny bloke, but he's doing this Instagram as like a photography thing, but he, he does, uh, logos. He does shirt designs. He's a really good bloke. Oh, cool. He actually helped sort out mine from a technical perspective to get Apple to accept my podcast because <laughs> they didn't care about the content, but they got all up in arms about the amount of pixels in my image. <laughs> so Ned helped me out with that a lot. So please go follow him. Um, the other one is actually my partner's business, which is called mirror and co. You can find them on Instagram as well. She makes the candles that stops the house I live in from smelling like a... overly sweaty personal trainer lives there. <laughs> um, and Rob can attest to the fact that it does not smell like that. here. It basically. actually smells
1: really nice in here. So.
0: Yeah, she um, she gets recycled jars and stuff like that and fills them with um, soy candle wax and makes these delicious scents, which are great. So de- check out Mirabee & Co. They're awesome as well. Rob, you have the floor here. I want you to tell us what you're currently working on as well as all your future projects and anything you think is vital for us to understand why you... Went out to pursue this passion with the amount of vigor that you have.
1: Right. Yeah. So what we're actually doing now is we're looking at you know expanding our business and open this thing up, like open up a big can of worms, I guess you can say. So, like we've already got the got the camp cooking, we've already got the guided hunting, we've already got the you know the shooting business and everything else plus you know I do a lot of stuff now with meat stock which is like a huge barbecue competition which I've been yeah that's it, pretty lucky to get into the really same festival
0: is like half metal half meat
1: it, it's just literally it's like a yeah. rock session yeah, imagine a yeah. rock rock country music session um and it's just barbecue like huge competitions like you get yeah. huge huge guys like from the states and that coming over world barbecue champs There's
0: a whole pitmaster situation and right? it
1: is it's it's a massive pit ma- pitmaster situation where um who can cook the best brisket? Um, who can cook you know the best you know pork ribs and pulled pork and everything else? And,
0: and then you're showing up with kangaroo.
1: And here I am, like a bushy, you know, just coming in going, mate, you guys can't cook cook for dead. Sorry guys, <laughs> like, my meat leaves you guys for dead. Yeah, but you know it, it's it's been pretty awesome for us. Like so this year, um, I got a message from Jay. Um, the other night, because I sent him a message a while ago and he got back to me the other night going, Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for you, be happy to give you a stand at the next meat stock. And I'm like, Cool. So that's a know, big it, deal, man. Like, yeah, and was, that's
0: quite cool because you'll be representing
1: a, 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 basically what we're doing. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was privileged a year before uh, where I could literally get up on stage and, and show Pitmasters and the public exactly. How to break down kangaroo and a deer and everything else, and uh, had a couple of mates at a butcher's up there which helped us out. And I, <laughs> I had Big Mo come out on stage, we were half tanked, but
0: um, that's the only way to do a festival, mate. You have whether to. you're performing or witnessing,
1: doesn't matter what you do, no. so long as you're on the piss, it's good. But um, look, like, Mo gave us a huge rap, I didn't expect it, and like he, he called me one of the best outdoorsmen he's ever met, which for me is a massive.
0: That's massive awesome. thing. yeah, man. That's
1: that's that's quite the accolade. Yeah, so future wise for us, um, game meat processing plant. So we want to basically keep educating people, like I am at the moment, um, and creating mobile game meat plants. Like there's nothing about in Australia at the moment. Um, around the world, you know, game meat's a huge thing. It's it's massive. And we have an abundance of it that isn't getting used. And like I said, we've been wasting it.
0: So a mobile plan, if you wouldn't mind elaborating for people who aren't gonna get that straight off the bat, um, what would it exactly involve?
1: Okay, um, imagine a circus going into a town it's town only way I can put it man a circus <laughs> it's like a circus um, 50
0: people going to come out of one tent like what's yeah, going on well, pretty
1: much yeah we'll, we won't fit them in a mini minor but we'll get them in the semi-trailer um, <laughs> but um, yeah it's it, it's literally go out we set up in a, in a region well, let's say we're in western New South Wales for argument's sake and process all feral animals so rather than wasting the animals and farmers having to sit there going well you know i don't want to leave all these carcasses that are dead on my property and you know i've got 500 kangaroo tags we go out there and rather than the like just the standard stuff at the moment putting them in a chiller and then waiting for companies to come pick them up we process them literally within 24
0: to 48 hours yeah wow so that's that's quite cool and also all the people who I mean, you you want to teach people to have a diversified interest in this whole field. Absolutely. But some people are only going to be interested in the actual um, going out and hunting part, unfortunately. But then you're still not wasting. No. You've you fixed that hole there. Biggest... Um, and the few farmers, I imagine there's still a few out there who do their own um pest control
1: yeah yeah (laughs) they do a lot of culling themselves so
0: hopefully you can then utilize that as well so you you are tapping into quite a few markets and again it's environmentally friendly as it can possibly be
1: yeah which is
0: the opposite of what your public perception might be at times
1: well at the moment like people still think as a professional shooter or or just a shooter in general right um people just got this perception oh they just go out there for fun yeah. It's not a fun thing. It's it like you're taking lives. Period. Like and when I yeah. teach people how to shoot, it's, it's it's respecting that animal that you're you're shooting and utilizing it, like from literally from meat to skin to bone, like the whole thing. Mm. You've got you've got those three elements, and as much as people have that perception of that, like it, it's sustainable. We yeah. got one of the most sustainable foods, like proteins, in the world, mm. and we're untapped we're australia like nobody comes here like wild it's it's magic (laughs) yeah um and compared to every other country in the world like this is what i'm saying like we got the biggest camel populations in the world we're the only country in the world except for america now who's released some some kangaroos but we're the only country in the world that eats a coat of arms (laughs) and it's freaking delicious not the drop bears though no 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 no. we leave the drop bears alone okay? okay um but like kangaroo like, is one of the best proteins you can eat. It's a richest form of iron, has n- bugger all cholesterol, like almost no cholesterol whatsoever. Like your iron levels are huge, your potassium levels are huge. Like zinc levels, um, your omega-3 fatty acids is all in that meat. Athletes, it's the best meat for athletes. Um, and putting it this way, I could eat a whole rump steak, a beef rump steak, right? Mm. Half a kilo slab of meat, beef, yeah, perfect. I'm a carnival. I don't yeah, care yeah. what anyone <laughs> says, all right? But yet I'll have maybe a 200 gram loin of deer and beef and I'm stuffed because of the actual protein in that.
0: Yeah, so protein, and I can testify this as someone who is well-educated on this. Yeah. Protein is the most satiating macronutrient. So yep. the more protein in something, the fuller you will feel. Um, Absolutely. And comparing beef to kangaroo is leagues. Oh, so there, there's measures and measures between them.
1: Pardon the pun, but it's leaps and bounds ahead of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I missed it and I'm, disappoint- <laughs> I'm disappointed in myself for that. Um, but yeah, this is what I'm saying. Like you don't need those huge portions anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're getting it out of a smaller portion, but it's so much more better for you. Unfortunately, you know, you've got big companies, I'm not going to mention names, but big companies won't promote that for red meat because farmers and stockholders and all that sort of stuff, they don't make money out of it, which is fair enough. People don't love change. No, they don't. People have still got this ideal that, you know, meat comes out of a packet in a butcher shop and was grown from a little grain of rice, apparently, you know. But look, for me, future wise, we are going to establish this. Yeah. We've got funding on the way. We're going to government. Government's gonna try and help us out, they said. Um, I've got privatised funding that's coming through now, so we've we developed this, it's all gone through, we got plans, you know, we're just in the start of um uh, of, of purchasing and everything, all of our all of our stuff. And I would think there's a lot of support from farmers for this as oh, well. Oh, it's huge. Like
0: the, yeah, and and then just the communities that you're outreaching to in general.
1: The communities themselves. I mean, you think about it. One of these, one of these facilities will, will create between fifty to seventy-six jobs. Yeah. Rural jobs, like people, people need, especially after the fires so and the drought. So you're taking
0: care of what is, and I hate to say it this way, but what is waste. Yep. Um, and you're creating jobs. Yep. Educating. Mm-hmm. Creating a sustainable source of sustenance. Yep. <laughs> um, and just yeah, bettering our land.
1: Biggest thing is, is the environment's going to benefit from yep. this a thousandfold. Yeah. Thousandfold. Like so, you...
0: For the vegetarians and vegans who have stuck out this conversation, because I know it might not be the most comfortable subject for you, and I don't want to alienize you. Yeah, yeah. Alienate, <laughs> rather. Alienize, I get alienate. Thing, I get my English yeah. right, yeah. Um, the, I'm not going to argue with anyone on moral grounds what they do and do not consume. But this business, to me, from the evidence laid out by you, Rob... Yep, yep appears to be as morally white on the black to white spectrum of color shades as you could possibly be like you you are doing only good for the environment you are doing the most humane ending of a life as possible and you're teaching other you're teaching as many people as possible about it yeah which is a big deal as well
1: look it's a huge thing i mean people have just got the wrong perception about what guys who are professional to do it, obviously. Um, I'm not speaking for the guys that do it recreationally because, I mean, as a recreational thing, I still run my guided hunts and everything, right? Um, but even then, when I do do those, I try to make them humane and as and as as you know, as fast a kill as possible, right? Yeah. Um, but everything that we do, we want to utilize. Yeah. Like everything from skin to leather to meat to pet food products and... Yeah, later on we're looking. Yeah, we see a lot of those antlers in pet stores. Yeah, like, like you that, look yeah. at chandeliers and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, the the switching of country it's, home fashions has changed a little bit. as Look, well.
1: we're starting to become more Americanized. Okay, yeah. because you, and it's true. As much as we all sit there and go, "Oh no, we're not. We're Australia." No, that's that's a croc. Yeah, we do like that glamorous outback. outdoors feel so you're sitting there and you're going right so those antlers are going to look phenomenal like I I use mine as a coat rack for Christ's sake (laughs)
0: you
1: know but I do justice to the animal that I've actually shot
0: yeah and that's a big thing and I think one of the big reasons I wanted to get you on here was to help shed some light on that perception as much as our audience is very much in the infancy. <laughs> um, I, I wanted this for myself and I wanted to question you about that and hear where you come from that and I'm, I'm so glad we did. Yep. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Is there more that you wish to plug from your business? The pro- the mobile meat processing sounds like such a good idea.
1: It's, it's going to be a phenomenal idea. There yep. is a lot of branch offs that we are doing from this. Yep. Um, so, you know, there's medical research which yep. has been phenomenal. Like there's there's been a lot of stuff already out there that we've now got contracts for. Wow, that's Which cool. is great um, for supplying. I'm not going to mention what it is at the moment.
0: Yep, that's fine. But, um, Leave us a teaser. That's all right. It, it is, it p- is. It's, p- it's p-
1: something for later on down the track, I guess. Uh, so we got medical research. I mean, we're looking at jerky. We're looking at small goods. We're looking at everything. I mean, probably the biggest things that we're doing at the moment like and, and what's coming up in the very near future is, is masterclasses. Yeah. So... You know, I've got a a couple of like really, really good chefs. Um, Surprisingly enough, I know a lot of people that are half decent and know what they're doing. Um, But we're going to start running masterclasses for people who want to learn barbecue, people who want to learn how to cook gourmet meals, like from from chefs and idiots like myself um, that pretend to be a good chef. But. You know there's, there's master classes there so it teaches people how to use different condiments, different meats, different, um, different flavors, different spices, all that sort of stuff, but also know and get a bit of a background on where your meat comes from. So yep. whether it's beef, whether it's kangaroo, whether it's deer or pork or anything, it doesn't matter what you buy, it's all educational. It's, it's about teaching, it's about opening your mind to different things I guess. Yep. So you know look we've, we've got a lot in the pipeline that's coming up a hell of a lot in the pipe, all right,
0: Well, with that in mind rather than spending the next half an hour <laughs> describing yeah, in detail, about it. Yeah. Um, I will tag uh, the Instagram for your business yep cool with the anagram I can't remember <laughs> it's on your shirt <laughs> but I can't say it AFACMS um, that will all be in the show notes of course uh, where else can people find what you got going on
1: um, we got our website yep. AFACMS.com.au uh, we're on Instagram we're on Facebook we're on Twitter as well. Yep. Pretty much all the same name. Or it's under uh, Rob Galena. Yep. Obviously. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, if you do a Google search on you know, feral animal control, I mean, I come up, I'm one of the first guys that come up. If That's you awesome. you look at bush cooking, like we're one of the other the other guys that come up. Uh, so that, look, there's a hell of a lot of stuff that we're into that we we're, we're looking at and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, look, I mean I just hope people come away with this and with a different perspective of, you know, like what I do for a living, obviously. Yeah. Um,
0: but the the industry in general as well. Just the and industry and the, the, the yeah. changes you're trying to enact. Yeah. That's awesome, yeah. man. Thank you so much for coming on. It's thanks, been thanks for pleasure. sharing us your personal as well as your business perspectives. Um, enlightening us to what you're trying to change and what actually exists already because I think people do have a bad perception of that so I'm glad we're able to sort of stomp some of those myths <laughs> little time little so. drink some beer and have a chat about it um, thank you so much Rob no, uh, I pleasure, would bro. love to have you on for another part um, if you're still willing after yeah. this chat today i
1: will be more than
0: happy to come out mate that'd be awesome, thank you so much man all the best, cheers man